Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. I'm Gail Diamond, and today we're studying Daf Kuf Yud Dalet, Daf 114 in Masachet Pesachim. The first Mishnah on this page restates a common issue, which is the difference between Hillel and Shammai with regard to Kiddush. This difference is found first recorded in Mishnah Brachot, chapter 8 in the first Mishnah, and is part of a well-known machloket. Beit Shammai would like us to recite the blessing for the day, Kedushat Hayom, before the blessing for the wine, Kedushat Hayayin. Hillel, on the other hand, believes that we should say, Borei Pri Hagafen, and after that, Lekadesh Et Hayom, the blessing that um, ends on... Uh, on Shabbat, Mekadesh HaShabbat, and on holidays, as we are here, Mekadesh Yisrael Bahazmanim. So it's a difference of opinion about the order, and each has views to support his position. Shammai says it's the day that gives rise to the blessing as a whole, and that the holiday began uh, before we brought the wine, based on the day actually ending, evening coming, and we have begun the Pesach. On the other hand, Hillel says we can't make the blessing without the wine being there. And he also brings an important principle. When we have something that is tadir and something no tadir, tadir kodem. When there's something that we do regularly and then there's something else that we don't do as often, we should do the regular thing first. That is wine, whenever we bless on it, we say a blessing for it. Whereas a blessing for a special day like Pesach is a no tadir, it's not a regular event. And according to Hillel, the regular practice comes before the special occasion practice. Um, We could say that this makes sense in terms of a life, that we try to build a life as human beings and a religious life around fixed things that we do. For instance, getting up every morning, brushing our teeth, saying Mode Ani, saying Kriyat Shema, and so forth. Our religious life and our uh, regular life is routinized. And we need to keep to those routines of every day adding in the special things for special occasions. Those additions, those things that are a no tadir, cannot completely knock out the things that we need to do, but often tadir on an everyday basis. So this is Hillel's principle. Now the Gemara goes on to say here that the halakha follows Hillel and then asks itself the question, Pshita, why do we even need to say that the, that the halacha follows Hillel, when there has been, we learned in Eruvin, Duff 13b, that a bat kol came out and said, in all differences of opinion between Shammai and Hillel, the halacha should follow Hillel. It goes on, it asks itself the question, if we knew that from a bat kol, why do we even remember, or why do we even uh, make an effort to include the notion the Hilchata Kedivrei Beit Hillel. 
in the beginning again of the Gemara on this Mishnah. And then it answers its own question, saying that there's a position, like Rabbi Yehoshua's position, that we don't follow a batko. There's a tendency among some halachists to say we can never rely on a voice that came from God to make a decision. So they also say perhaps that this batkol came after this original discussion between Hillel and Shammai. So here we get the notion that halacha is something argued, disputed, and decisions are resolved by logic. Yet and still we have stories like the one in Eruvin where a batkol comes to present or to, to strengthen a particular point of view or to decide in favor of a particular point of view. But at the same time, there's a major traditional discomfort with this notion, as we see, of course, in the famous argument about the Tanor Shel Achnai in Bava Metzia, where the Bat Kol comes and says Rabbi Elazar is right, and yet and still the rabbis say, we don't follow the Bat Kol, Loba Shamayimhi, the Torah is no longer in heaven, and we must argue it out. So we see those same issues being discussed here, in this discussion about Hillel and Shammai, and perhaps more important than whether we bless on wine first or whether we bless on wine second, is the issue of do we resolve halakha among people on earth or do we rely on a bat kol? And that's the issue that is also being discussed here. Now the Mishnah goes on in a very interesting subject about the bitter herbs. It says that we bring before him chazeret, and he dips the chazeret, and then we bring before him chazeret haroset and two cooked items. So chazeret is mentioned twice. First, in what the part of the seder that we would call these days karpas, right? When we say we take a vegetable and we dip it and we bless on it bore priha adama, and then again in the part of the seder that we would call maror, where matzah and maror and haroset and two tavshilim are brought before him. And the same word is used, chazeret, which here maybe refers to lettuce, maybe refers to another vegetable that we don't have in our presence these days, but it was something bitter. It was something that could be used also for karpas and also for maror. And this gives rise to Reish Lakish saying at the beginning of Daf Bet, that this makes it clear that mitzvot srichot kavana, he makes a generalization from this to the idea that all mitzvot need intention. If he could eat that chazeret for karpas, when he said borei priya he still needs to bless a special blessing on it again, al achilat maror, to have fulfilled the mitzvah of maror. If he just said borei priya adama on a, on a bitter vegetable, it would not fulfill the mitzvah of Maror until he said that blessing, al-achilat Maror. Now this discussion about whether mitzvot uh, need intention takes up the rest of the daf in a very interesting and somewhat complicated discussion. Um, and this, this discussion doesn't only appear here, because the discussion also appears in Brachot, in a discussion of Kriyat Shema, which in the end it is concluded does require intention. It appears in Rosh Hashanah in the question of shofar, where if we hear a shofar but do not incline our hearts to be fulfilling the mitzvah of shofar, we have not fulfilled the mitzvah. And at the end of this discussion, it seems that even though the general principle that Reish Lakish has put forward that all mitzvot require that 
personal intention to fulfill the mitzvah. That is too high a standard. It seems like that is not the general way that we can end up believing about mitzvot. You have to be able to do a mitzvah even if you didn't have bring the proper intention to it. The whole mitzvah system won't work if every mitzvah needs kavanah. But at the same time, it seems that maror continues to be a mitzvah where we say it's fulfilled only when we say that blessing, al-achilat maror. Eating something bitter isn't the only thing we have to do. We have to intend to eat a bitter herb, and perhaps in, a, in an additional level, we have to intend by eating that bitter herb to experience the bitterness of slavery. And that is really the mitzvah of Mara. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.